Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will continue in the very long 14th chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to begin with verse 53 and work through verse 65. Now, Mark has been building up to the crucifixion of Jesus ever since he entered Jerusalem near the beginning of the week, which began back in chapter 10. Now, we have spent several weeks digging into what Mark has provided for us here in God's Word. Last week, we looked at the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. The disciples, despite some very strong words, proved to be weak and failed miserably, ultimately scattering when Jesus was arrested during the night. Our passage this week describes the trial, or trials, that Jesus then endured before he was condemned to die. It's a mockery of a trial which ended up following a mob's emotions and the machinations of the Jewish leaders instead of any kind of real justice. Incredibly, the man in authority who ultimately sentenced Jesus to die on the cross first declared that he could find no fault with Jesus. And of course he couldn't, because Jesus was the only man who ever walked the earth who was entirely without sin. In our passage this week, we're not going to get to this final condemnation quite yet, but this week's passage deals with phase one of Jesus' trial before the leaders of the Jews, led by the high priest. And I love the creative title Pastor Jim gave this message. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, A Sentence in Search of a Crime. I haven't actually counted, but it seems that Mark chapter 14 is his whopper chapter. We're going to go through verse 65 today. I don't remember any other chapters in Mark that long. There's so much here. We come today to the trial of Jesus Christ the night before he was crucified. Whether you're reading Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, this enters the portion that it can be hard to read. Some of it is stomach-turning gross. Uh, It will produce a reaction in you, perhaps, of horror. But whatever grabs you from this, I promise, whatever you imagine it might have been, it was worse than that, and it is more than you could ever fathom. This is the only trial in history of an innocent man. Now, there have been trials where someone was innocent of the crime of which they were accused, and some people have been falsely convicted. This is the only trial of an innocent man ever in history because he was the only innocent man ever in history. He knew no sin. For him to be declared guilty, for him to be sentenced to death, tells you that what happened that day was a terrible day for justice. Now, we're going to pick up right where we left off. We could spend a a lot more time on um, this passage and its parallels in Matthew and Luke. 
and John, uh, and we would gain much from that. But we're going to keep moving. We're going to try to stay with Mark's pace and his, his progress through this. There are points at which we need to uh, pull in a verse here or there from the other Gospels, and we will do that. The elapsed time in the life of Jesus Christ that we're going to deal with today was uh, less than three hours. This occurred in the wee hours of Friday morning. By, uh, by 9 a.m., he would be on the cross. By 3 in the afternoon, he would be dead. By nightfall, he would be in uh, the grave. Everything that he endured that day, he didn't deserve. But I did, and, and you did. He took all of this for us. Now, as we've been doing, let's, uh, let's set the stage. This is like watching a, uh, an episode of a series of uh, events. And so we'll, uh, we'll try to put the picture together for you. Uh, consider the, the characters that you're going to see today. This, this portion has a, a significant cast. There are the, the leaders of Jews and uh, of the Jews, and especially the members of what you might call their, their high council, which is known as the Sanhedrin. There will be special roles played by the high priest Caiaphas and by his father-in-law, a former high priest named Annas. Uh, the, the Jewish part of Jesus' trial includes uh, a number of smaller roles by people that were swept along by the sovereignty of God into this scene. And uh, you're going to see God use even the most wicked deeds and words that are said in this passage. So during this time, you're going to see reference to Peter and in the other Gospels at the same time to Judas Iscariot. They occupy the spotlight briefly Um, And we're going to see that especially for Peter's case next Lord's Day. It's the worst day of Peter's life. It's the last day of Judas's life. When the trial shifts over to the Roman phase, which we won't see until we get into chapter 15 in Mark, uh, the judges become Pilate, who is the the regional governor, and Herod Antipas, who is the the regional monarch, if you will. He he got one-fourth of of what was the, um, the kingdom of King Herod the Great. Um, present at both of these trials is a whole bunch of false witnesses rounded up to to try to make a case against Jesus. Now, the Roman phase of the trial is going to wind up before morning. The Jewish phase of the trial didn't start until after midnight. So all this takes place in a matter of hours. And and I see the Jewish phase took the first part. Now, you're going to see if you um, want to on the back of your outline in the bulletin a a chart of the the six phases of the trial, the three Jewish phases and the three Roman phases. I'm not going to go into the the details of that, but I I wanted to... um, show it to you and let you look it up if you would like to. The Romans are going to wind up doing the bidding of the leaders of the Jews who demanded that Jesus be crucified. That's the cast of characters. Now, the scene, <clears throat> well, it, it all takes place in uh, Jerusalem. The Jewish trial starts out in the home of Annas, and then it moves over to the home of Caiaphas, and then winds up apparently in the, the Sanhedrin's uh, council chamber, if you will. 
Now, you think, how, how could they pull all that off in just uh, three hours? Well, you've got to understand. The home of Caiaphas is probably also the home of Annas in the sense that it was one compound. I was thinking of uh, the apartment building that Marcia and I lived, when, lived in when we, were, um, when we were first married. It was called Sanhedrin Arms. No, 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 no that, that's not right. Um, but it was, a, it, it was two stories of apartments in a rectangle uh, around the edges, and, and everyone entered from a courtyard in the middle, and there was a gate to get into the, the courtyard. Well, a, a, a fancy home, and this would have been the, the homes of Annas and Caiaphas, they had gotten filthy rich by ripping off the people, selling the, the, the rights to sell those overinflated uh, animals not overinflated animals, selling for overinflated prices, the animals for the, for the sacrifices and charging exorbitant rates for changing money and, and all of that. So they would have had a nice place. They were relatives, extended family, and typically that would be where a wealthy extended family would be. So to go from Annas' place to Caiaphas' place is probably just a matter of walk across the courtyard. That's all there was, that's all there was to it. The, the Roman phase... Uh, begins at the the palace of the Roman authorities, perhaps in the fortress Antonia on the corner of the walled city of Jerusalem. Then it went to Herod's headquarters and then back to the palace again. And as I say, we'll see that in chapter 15 when we get there. Now, put the storyline together. I'm not going to give you all the details, but as I say, it takes place in the first few hours um, before daylight on Friday. Jesus has spent Thursday night eating the Passover meal with his disciples, and then he taught them extensively. Judas left to go do his evil deed. Jesus taught the other 11. Everything that we have recorded in John 14, 15, and 16. Then came his great prayer recorded in John 17 and his ongoing prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane, which led to his betrayal and arrest. And we're going to rejoin the story at Mark chapter 14, verse 53, just when Jesus has been arrested. Now understand that I'm trying to give you the big picture and also stay faithful to Mark. So we've got to walk a, a balanced line here. Mark gives us if you will, only part of the story. Not because he was leaving something out because he didn't want us to know it. Um, He wrote for his uh, audience. And uh, we're going to follow what he says. He was writing for the Romans. He didn't give a whole lot of attention to all of the details of Jewish laws and regulations um, and and all of that. Um, So you can see the big picture here by looking at that chart on the back of the outline in your bulletin, but we're going to stay with Mark. The Jews took Jesus into custody. That's something they'd wanted to do for a long time. And, and now they need to come up with some reason to have him killed. The, the sentence has already come in. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They're, they're going to kill Jesus. This is all a pretense. This is a sentence in search of a crime. That's what, they're, that's what they're doing. So first they took him to the home of Annas, and they brought in a stream of witnesses to accuse him, but they couldn't get two of them to agree. And strangely, how they were stuck on their law that they had to have two witnesses agree while they broke all the rest of the laws about how to go about uh, having a trial. Then they sent Jesus to the home of Caiaphas, where finally... 
they got two people to pretty much say the same thing. We'll see how twisted it was, uh, and we'll see how eventually, according to the high priest, they can... If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.